the Tea Health Show, medical lifestyle show. Good morning. This is Chris Avon Smith, and this is the Tea Health Show. In studio, as always, we have Dr. Mark, founder of the Tea Health Clinic and the Upperman Clinic. Uh, and it's always wonderful to have you here. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm very well today. Thank you. Excited and happy and uh, feel like springs in the air. So it's, it's, it's uh, all good. What? It's very interesting. Um, mm. Over the weekend, we were at my partner Stefan's house and his tortoise, Skilly, came out. Oh, so and it's out of hibernation. Out of hibernation. So, you know what? I do agree with you. Uh, every morning when we walk, the air is brisk, but there's not that bone-chilling yeah. uh, cold that we have. So, today we have um, the, the beginning of a, a, a series on mental health. Fantastic. And in studio with us for a second time is the latest addition to the Opperman Clinic, Yvonne von Beek. Yvonne, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thank and you for having me. It's so nice to have you back again. And just before we go any further, if you want to send us questions or anything, you can WhatsApp us on 064-212-8701. That's 064-212-8701 Yes, our producer Dunstay is standing by to take them So we're going to speak about something That is becoming in my mind more and more I don't want to say relevant, Yvonne I want to say more frequent that we encounter it Because mm. we're going to test whether this is actually relevant And that is ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder in Adults. So let's fall right in. Um, what is this and is it a label that we should wear? So Mark, I think... It, it is a label that's become much more frequent. You know, attention deficit disorder and attention hyperactive disorder, deficit disorder, has become a, a catchphrase mm. because it is something that we can relate to. So let me give you an overarching understanding of what this label is because yes, labels, labels are useful if there is a need to medicate or for a specific treatment. But when we attach a label that perhaps doesn't apply completely, we start having symptoms and a complex of something which affects our self-worth. So let's, let's make sure that the label itself is actually used appropriately. So this is, you know what, putting Louis Vuitton on Louis Vuitton bag and not Louis Fulhoun because I want to own Louis Well, Vuitton. I mean, I think to, to a large extent, sorry, Ivan, it, it has become a bit of a status symbol, <laughs> you, you know, and especially amongst, with children. Mm. Oh, my child's ADD. Oh, it's this, we've got to medicate, you, you know, and it, it, it's, 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 it's almost become, if your child doesn't have something, there's a problem. <laughs> so I want to pull a thread before uh, Yvonne gives us the overview. I want to pull a thread th through. Um, we had both Dr. Melanie Jacobs mm. uh, and Yvonne is doing a lot of work mm. with Dr. Jacobs, as well as Prof. Yanni Ferreira, where we spoke about learning difficulties and reading and writing. And Prof. Yanni being an ophthalmologist, um, Dr. Melanie Jacobs also being an ophthalmologist, Which both of them in, in higher education and um, Yvonne as a, a, a foundation, foundation phase. phase uh, educational expert is that a lot of the times the children are labeled or diagnosed, uh, given a diagnosis. Mm. Let me let me That's rephrase a nice way that. Of putting it, yeah. Given a diagnosis mm. of ADD or ADHD, which is not correct. Um, mm. And you know what, that stigma mm. follows them through. And what I've been starting to see in my, or what I've started to see in my practice is all the younger guys that are coming in, and we spoke about that at length last week, mm. um, say, all say they ADD. Mm. When I ask them, how's your focus or concentration? Now, I've always been ADD. Mm. Um, so, uh, Yvonne, 
explain to us what so this really is. In layman's terms, mm. it, it, let, let's get down to how does this apply to us. ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder. This is something that is actually wrong with you. It's a physiological, neurological thing. So it, it can be from causes like brain injury. It can be hereditary. It can be as um, as a result of toxins, maybe during pregnancy or post-pregnancy. But it is something that is neurologically wrong with you. And so what it's a physical thing, basically, that happens to the neurons or the pathway. Correct. And that is why in order to get a diagnosis, a proper diagnosis, you have to go to a doctor. And you can't have something be a teacher. Like an EEG, um, you need to have the relevant tests ah. to get to a diagnosis of ADHD right. or ADD. Okay, so, so this, this is, is not something, something we discuss at a bri or we decide. I think I have enough boxes ticked, therefore I must be. Or at okay, the parent-teachers so meeting where the, the teacher says to you, "Boom." So Correct. this is not something that uh, Jeffrey van der Westeisen, um comes and at the um, p- Peter, the teacher parent uh, conference in grade two says, Yanni, who is sitting there in the corner and is very stout, yes. um, has ADHD. This is a medical diagnosis. This is a medical diagnosis and there are different causes, but it is actually a medical condition. And that's why it's important to have that label, because if you have the label, you can medicate appropriately. However, where we see people feeling like they are ADHD or could be ADHD is when you tick enough boxes, when you have the symptoms that people relate to it. Right. Then we start feeling like we have ADHD. And it's a, it's a key term. It's a, it's a catchword. Because we don't know any better. So, so where do we go if we're not a doctor? And, and please, as an educator, we're not qualified to diagnose this. This is a medical thing. We can certainly refer out and we can say, may, maybe this is a path we need to explore. Well, Yvonne, I want to actually come in here as a medical practitioner, a general medical practitioner. I'm not qualified. Correct. To do this Correct um, You know what You are talking about Things that Are blowing my mind Because mm. uh, It's It's I thought it was A behavioral diagnosis And not A structural diagnosis no. Basically So where the Behavioral part Comes in Is Actually executive Functioning So the symptoms Of ADHD Is the fact That you cannot Function with your executive functioning skills. What, what are those skills? Those are the ability to self monitor your behavior. Right. Uh, the ability to organize yourself. Working memory. So an example of that in a, in an adult spectrum would be when you get a job, you have a job description, you have certain tasks, you have your, your, um, Service level agreement of what I give you in order to get a salary. Right. I don't need to read that every day to know what my job is. That's working memory. Okay. Does okay. this fall in my scope? Does this not fall in my scope? Yeah. Yes, it does. Why? Because I've read it once and I agreed to it. Therefore, it is stored in my memory what I am capable of doing. What Perfect. I'm expected to do. Then you get things like flexible thinking. And wow, have we learned to do that recently. So if I that am box on, is gone. <laughs> yes. If I am on path A and it's not working out, mm. first of all, an executive function is to be able to have the foresight to look ahead of where I am right now to realize this is probably not going to give me the outcome that I wanted and then to develop a plan B. Right. While still on path of plan A. Can I call it almost strategic thinking? Strategic thinking? Absolutely. Or or flexible thinking. Okay. Lateral thinking. These are the skills that we as educators have said our kids are going to need for the fourth industrial revolution. Yes. Because we're not going to need the ability to recall history from, from Stalin and, and Hitler. No. We're no going because to, we have it at our fingertips. You and Google it's it. Literally, yes. and it's that's, there. that is 
curiosity. That's going to become curiosity knowledge. Yes, I want to know that. Yes, I want my children to be aware of it because yeah. we don't want to repeat those atrocities. Exactly. It can inform, but it's, but, but it's, it's information. Yeah. It's curiosity. We need to start educating our children on being able to change the narrative if it's not working. First of all, acknowledge it's not working. Don't keep butting your head against a wall. What did Einstein say? Uh, the definition of stupidity is doing Insanity. the same thing over and over again, expecting a, a, a different, different result. Yeah. And, and that's flexible thinking. Um, another executive skill is being able to plan and prioritize. Right. Now, as an adult who's generally a very organized person, I've really struggled with that recently because you, mm. you plan and then a plan B happens and then, and then you're busy dealing with the crisis that is plan B. But, but now another priority comes up. So now which one is the priority? And that, that is yeah. this unorganized chaos that we're living in post COVID, during COVID. Are we in level three? Are we going to level five? Are we? What is going to happen tonight? Unknown. We have Tomorrow. no surety. We have yeah. no surety. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where the planning and organizing is really starting to lose its wheels. You know, the wheels are coming off there. Um, and that's where emotional control comes in. Right. Okay, take a minute, take a breath. I can't tell you how annoying it is when I am in an anger state. I'm angry about something and someone says to me, just breathe. Oh, fuck. It's, it's sorry. It's, <laughs> it is my worst. I, I can't breathe. My emotional state is beyond the point where I can stop and think. Exactly. My emotional control is out the window right now. Executive functioning skills catches us before we get to that anger. Okay, I feel like I'm going down an angry road. I need to remove myself before I get to the point where I can't count anymore. You know, people call it the red mist or whatever, where they, they literally have no, no logic. Yes. Is involved in this process at no, this point in time. It's gone. It's, it's completely gone. Yes. And I hear what you're saying about executive function in, is that you can see where you're heading to. Correct. And you're able to divert your course. Correct. So, when you say that, it's very interesting. When Yvonne and I had a conversation last night, one of the things that came up was impulse control mm. Um, mm. as a patient with ADD. And you know what? <laughs> um, in the little promo that we did for this show, I, I, I said, you know what? When I was younger, um, you know what? I, my functioning was perfect. No one would have ever diagnosed me as being difficult to control because in mm. class my attention was there the whole time. Mm. I didn't have a problem focusing. Mm. I didn't have a problem studying. Not that I had to, but you know what? As I got older and especially in the past year and a half through setting up the new rooms, et cetera, et cetera, it got so bad that this, my, my, the people closest to me, Alice, Dante and even Elise came to me at various occasions and said to me, we don't know what you're saying because you're not completing sentences. Mm. And if anything happened in the office, it was one reaction. Boom. It was straight, you know to, straight to the end of the it line. Was, it was always um, not okay. Uh, it was an attack. And what changed in me was I became conscious of that. Correct. Um, I consulted uh, a mentor of mine, uh, a dear friend, Dr. Melanie Jacobs, mm -hmm. who's an educationist. She's known mm -hmm. me for 40 years. And I asked her, Mel, um, do you think I could benefit from taking um, uh, medication to control? And it made the world of difference mm -hmm. to to me now when I'm confronted with that three different people asking me a question at the same time and Yvonne, Chris, you've both <laughs> yeah. been in the rooms. Absolutely. It happens every single time yeah. I pick my head out of my office. Um, you know what? Now I can at least finish one task and then answer the next question. Um, when something happens, you know what? In that moment, I explode in my head. But when I Act. It's not as a, oh, 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 oh. it's a, okay, 
This is the problem. Mm. Fix it. Mm. And this is where your your self-monitoring as an executive functioning skill comes in. So the voice in your head happens. We can see where it would go. You In, in a split second, you're deciding if I explode, there's no benefit. If I do this, this will be the outcome. But this all happens in a split second and you go, okay, Prioritize an executive functioning skill. Who gets priority? Do, do you desperately need me? No, you can wait five minutes. Great. What do you need? No, that can wait. What do you need? So you prioritize the yes. three people. You get tidbits of information so that you have enough to plan and prioritize. You know what? I'm sitting here with a very big smile on my face because um, I was in Mauritius and we were coming back and there was a problem with a transfer. And the person that I was with at that moment, I said to him, brace yourself. You're about to see a scene. (laughs) But that that was a cognizant decision to go down plan A route. (laughs) But I mean, it's so interesting because I, I plan my outbursts. I do too. So, so I'm very, very strategic. It, yes. I know when I'm going, where I think an outburst here is the right thing to do yes. because it will fulfill my other needs. And I had such a long conversation in, in studio at, at the Dork Studios yesterday with two of the most amazing people who have been in production for 40 years each with the SABC. And we had this discussion about exactly that. At what point, as a, as a fairly intelligent person, do you make the decision to s- make a scene? Mm. And so. we we came to the conclusion when it offends your value system. Yes. Then you make a strategic decision to not let this go. Yes. I, I agree there with you. I I. I was accused of having a very low EQ. And, you know, at the end of this program, we're going to evaluate. Let's look at it. Um, you know what? Where, where we are, because Chris said he thinks he's got ADD. I know I have ADD, <laughs> but just because of what we spoke last night. Um, where I want to go with this was that for me, I always rationalized it. I do not care about the other people around me. At that moment Correct. in time, Correct. it made me feel better. And, and it's not always about feeling better. It's about achieving something. Yes. You didn't fight with that person because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. You had a need and you found a way to make sure that that need was met. And if that meant causing a scene, then that was your plan A. Yvonne, sometimes nothing happened. (laughs) 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 So we need to check your EQ, Mark. (laughs) But again, again, going to executive functioning here, sometimes you look at at a person or a situation and you realize that unless you... Shout the loudest in this situation. Squeaky wheel N- gets the most attention. Exactly. Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, th- I mean, that then is, uh, that's my sort of strategic it, shouting it's, or it's maybe not the most in. acceptable strategy, no. but it's your strategy. Yes. And, and we're not here to judge what your strategy is. I'm simply an advocate for the fact that so, so here's how executive functioning develops. And maybe this is what we need to understand hmm. to get why we've got this ADHD label attached to children so much. Your, your executive functioning skills sit in the prefrontal cortex of your brain. Right. Your brain develops from the back to the front. Hmm. So guess what develops last? The prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex. It's very interesting. Um, what age is the prefrontal cortex so, finished forming? Because you told me last night, and this is something correct. that neurologists might know, psychologists, um, certainly not educators. Nowhere in my many years of training did so anyone ever tell me this. Listen stuff. to this because it blew my mind. Yeah. So your your prefrontal cortex is where you have that self regulation. All all of these executive functioning skills. As a child, it is not, it's developed in a physical form, but not in a, a form that it is useful. Right. So, so this is why you have Todd, the terrible twos, because they throw tantrums. They don't have self control of their emotions. Mm. In their teenage years, they start developing their prefrontal cortex. 
Only at 25 is it fully developed. Seriously, okay. 25. So, so this for me was mind-blowing yes. because at the age of 25, I was already consulting as a private practitioner. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So how do we develop this? So, so we know when the skill is physiologically developed, but we're diagnosing, if we're saying these are the symptoms, the executive functioning symptoms are how ADHD is diagnosed. How are we diagnosing an eight-year-old with ADD if they don't have the brain to, that's capable of doing the things yes. we're expecting them to do? Yes. So again, this comes down to the development physiologically of that part of the brain. And that's why we need a doctor to diagnose it. I, Yvonne, I want you, uh, sorry, but I interject. Just please make a note because I really want us to come back to talking about how medication affects the formation of those functioning pathways. Um, we know that the, the, the structural pathway is there, okay? The and that's what you just said. The prefrontal cortex, the brain looks normal, but the, the, the skill. Is, is not there And I would, I would love in to place, But it's not turned on yet I would Correct. love to know how medication and But let's explore So, so, sorry so, to so let's touch on that a little bit With regards to So the teenage brain is when it starts developing On its own mm. So what do we need to do as educators And this is why I love foundation phase They are not capable Of those skills So what do we do We create habits Right. We create an environment where there's Structure. a schedule, there's routine. Ah. The same thing happens every day at the same time. Why? Because we're practicing the skill of scheduling, prioritizing, planning. If we give them an environment that repeats that over and over, it will become a learned activity. Then when they develop their teenage brain, and by the way, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, as far as I know, the teenage brain has about a 10 times boost of testosterone. Um, so yeah. your testosterone increases at least 10, 10 times. If No, if not more. 40 times in um, some boys. It, it can be. And you know what? It's very interesting that you said that because we, you touched on it earlier that the pathways are there. And, but it's a physical damage to uh, the brain that happens in ADHD. And ADD. So and the H stands for hyperactivity. It's just another symptom. And what, what we will be talking about is the, the use and benefit of testosterone in mental health in this right. coming month. Um, we know that testosterone plays an integral part in the immune system of the brain as well as the functioning. On mm. the immune side, it's mm. vital for the blood-brain barrier mm. and the integrity of the blood-brain barrier. And for those who don't know what the blood-brain barrier is, it's a network of cells, vessels that's not physical. It's not a physical barrier. Um, and it is what allows certain substances into the brain and keep others out. For instance, if we look at your old um, antihistamines, mm. they all crossed the blood-brain barrier mm. and they caused sedation. Okay. Your okay. newer type of mm. medication does not cross the blood-brain barrier. They work centrally, but they do not cross the blood-brain barrier okay. and they do not cause sedation. Mm. So um, that's why certain medications make you nauseous. Stemetal, pethidine. Stemetal mm. mm. um, works centrally, stopping that nausea that that the pethidine causes after it's crossed right. the blood-brain barrier. Okay. So it's yeah. that right. where testosterone plays a vital role, and we learned this from people that um, get whiplash and um, concussion, mm. where we treat them with oxygen. And testosterone. We put them in mm. a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Whether you're a 12 year old girl or an 80 year old man, mm. um, we, if we hit you with testosterone, we stop that inflammatory reaction mm. right. by repairing the blood brain barrier. Mm. The other thing is the glial cells, which is something that's very new, um, where the function of the glial cells is not only as a support structure, but actually as a phagocyte. It, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a scavenger. It mops up things mm. and eats 
away things that shouldn't be in the brain. Mm-hmm. And testosterone is vital for its for its control. Chris, we had this discussion with Dr. Mm-hmm. Jody Price. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember so. it well. So I must so just tell you, sorry, sorry, guys, I'm still gone back to the the cortex only developing at uh, 25. But it's answered a question I've had about myself for many years. Mm -hmm. When I was in my late teens, early 20s, I had very little self-control. I would would go to anger Mm -hmm. and the the, the way I would stop that anger is I would hit walls, Mm. physically punch walls. Mm. And then sort of after the age of about 25, 26, it just my different mechanisms came in and and it just faded away. And that's the development of your prefrontal cortex. I've had an answer. Now we know why teenage girls slam doors. Yes. Exactly. Does that mean I should stop? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure as part of your executive function, you do it strategically. I I have the theory. It doesn't mean I apply it appropriately at all times. (laughs) Do as I say, not as I do. So, so getting back to the development of the brain, that testosterone boosts in Mm. our teenagers. And, and when are you, what are you learning to do in that phase? Social interactions, appropriateness. So this is where we go from, as a, as a teacher or a parent, I've created an environment where executive functioning skills are an example I give to you. Yes. Now we go into a phase where I am training you to start building your own neural pathways. And the brain is the most amazing organ. It really is. Because like Mark said, you give testosterone and oxygen and it repairs. Right. We have s- neuroplasticity is the fact that you can always repair a pathway or, or build an alternative pathway in the brain. There's Don, always the this, potential. Is this why people that are given the diagnosis, you will never walk again. Walks again. Absolutely. It's the plasticity of the brain. We, brain tissue, neural tissue is, I think, the one of only two tissues that at the moment, as a medical practitioner, I can recall that actually physically regenerates. Mm. That and the liver. And it's not an age thing necessarily. It's not that, okay, I'm 75 now, I can't regenerate it. We absolutely can. How do we do that? Practice, repetition. We start adding the senses to it to start repairing it. Because as you take information in, it's all through your senses, through your skin, your eyes, your ears, your, the smells. And this is where cognitive behavioral therapy and, and, um, different forms of, of counseling and therapy can really work on neuroplasticity. Mm. You know, um, I mean, neuro rehabilitation you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, neuro linguistic program is exactly that. It's going back to a part of your brain yeah. and saying, can you wake up again, please? I need you back. Mm. I have it. I'd like to reinstate it. So let's go back to the development of the brain. 25. We've now developed the neurocortex. But if nobody's ever showed you how to do this and you haven't practiced it, is there something wrong with my brain or is there something wrong with the education I've had? Yes. Okay. So, again, the skill is not there, but it's not necessarily a medical diagnosis. Does that mean that medication can help me? Quite possibly. But that's not a decision a teacher should make or a parent should make. That's a decision. Or you should make. Or you should make Mm. for yourself at 25. Go and get someone to diagnose that. And, and you know, if, if you're depressed, I don't need a medical part of my body to be broken to get medication. I'm not saying don't get medicated. It is certainly a route to try to help you get to a space where you can cognitively practice these skills. Yes. But we still need to practice the skill. When we get to... Not a catch. And this is, this is where... This is where People like you um, that work on neurotherapies and functional strategies absolutely come in. Uh, you know, because this is uh, at the age of nine, ten, we are we engage so much more of a brain, so that decisions become. Mm-hmm. Cognitive. Mm. I'm going to take a, a simple example. I know my sister is listening. And my sister's children who are eight and nine, well, eight when I referred back, um, they were younger. 
Um, my nephew is now five. Are probably the most intelligent two little creatures in our family. You might my, be biased. No, not <laughs> in, in our family. But, and my brother actually, my brother and his wife said to me, there's a problem with my niece because she is so intelligent. She can tell you a story. She fabricates a story um, that makes you as an adult think twice. Her ability for detail and remembering the detail was so phenomenally sharp and accurate that you couldn't tell whether she was lying or not. Sure. And I say to my sister, you will have to change the relationship with your daughter. It doesn't help that you scream and shout. You need to now engage her cognitive side. Mm -hmm. And what I asked her to do is do not, when you need to punish, do not scream, do not shout, do not say, I'm taking this away, I'm taking that away. Sit her down, explain to her why you are feeling the way you are feeling so she understands why this reaction is coming in a very calm, rational way. And then choose, get her to choose her own punishment. And immediately it changed the behavior mm. because she knew that certain actions is going to have a reaction, but she was able to predict what reaction that was. Because in our family, we believe in something and that's being consequent, always mm. acting the same way in the same situation. Mm. Um, and when you have that, when predictability becomes mm. um, something that you can bank on mm. having to start cognitively engaging and deciding is my action worth the reaction that it's going to consequence in? you know what that mm. changed their relationship and it changed my niece and she is the most gorgeous little beautiful thing i love you so but but mark now put yourself in a situation where where a household doesn't have a regular routine doesn't have a parent who has these skills in place Absolutely. When you live in my house. And then, <laughs> and then you end up with children who have no example of the skill, don't have the brain capacity to organize the skill, and don't, will end up being adults or, or even teenagers and, and eight, nine, ten year olds who get diagnosed mm. as ADHD because they tick enough boxes. Mm. But it's not what we need to do. What we need to do is look at which functions and, and this is how we work through it in, in the sessions I do with, with the clients I have is let's prioritize two or three of them. Let's learn how to do this because it is a learned behavior. It's a learned skill. So let's prioritize them. Which, which two or three do you need to do? And then we work on what skills, what steps do we need to put in place for you to then learn the skill, repeat the skill on a regular basis so that it becomes internalized and becomes a natural habit to you. We form those neural pathways. We build enough of them. This becomes normal to you. Yeah. So you have the foresight to see that there's going to be an explosion. You go divert down plan B. Working memory says, if I go down this route, this is the outcome I'm probably going to get. All these executive functioning skills start happening automatically. What's happening now is it's not happening automatically. So let's, let's ask this question and maybe we should ask Chris. We said we were going to delve into yeah, whether I was he was looking up at the clock. We have 40 minutes, 20 minutes. We're 40 let's, minutes into our program. Yeah. We have 20 minutes Less left. Than, yeah. Let's, let's, let's discuss. Let's okay. see what, how do I know whether I should have a medical consult to diagnose me or if there's something that a medical practitioner or someone like yourself can help me with. Okay, so, so Chris, we, we chatted earlier. Mm. And, and what is your thought on how far, without the, under, the extra understanding, let's look back at where to we what were. what I said, yes. Yes, to what you said before we came on air. Mm. Would you have considered yourself someone with ADD? Yes. Given, given the, the, the um, popular understanding of what ADD is, yes, yes, I would. Because in my mind, I 
can be very scattered. My thought processes are all over the place. Um, you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, so, so I would most definitely have thought that. Okay. So, so with the information we've given you now, and maybe let's go through a few symptoms let's of what ADD is. Yes. That's so, important. So the ability to, the inability to concentrate. Yes. So if someone's talking to you, you, you see the mouth moving, but the sound is not reaching the ear. It's not um, you listening to your wife or pretending to listen to your wife. <laughs> We're talking about Zoom meetings, probably most. Absolutely. Yeah. So you see the mouth moving, but there's a spider on the wall, and suddenly your eyes are on the spider, and you have no idea what was covered in the last please, five minutes. Please use a different because if there's a spider on the wall, I'm out of the room. He's going to go screaming in a minute. <laughs> the the inability to sit still. Yes. So where you you actually. Cannot stop tapping a foot or beating a pen on the desk or, or, or scratching your head. Yep. There we go. Chris was doing that as I said it. He started it. Um, so, so these, Sorry, what have you just said in the last five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> these little nervous ticks, yeah. I think is what we like to see mm-hmm. them as is, you know, I, I have a friend who picks her head. Oh, yeah. She picks in her head to the point where she actually has sores, but she can't stop picking her head. Um, your inability to have appropriate words and actions. Right. So, so explain that. <laughs> if let's Put say your trousers back on right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a meeting, the meeting is not over. Even a Zoom meeting, you get up and you walk out. What's everyone? You've just had the the look on your face, Mark. What is this guy doing? Mm. Okay, he's going to the toilet. It's 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 a normal action, but I is have right. Someone like that in my office. Is now the right time to do it? It's mm. an inappropriate time to mm. do it. It's an mm. it's an appropriate action, but it's an inappropriate. It's time. an inappropriate time yes. to do it. Yes. If so you, is it is that impulse control? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, the inability to unwind. And everybody who's listening right now is going, yes, I tick that that box. I just cannot seem to unwind. Whether I take a hot bath, I drink a glass or a bottle of wine, or Mm. I cannot seem to unwind this coil that just is about to pop out of the box. I'm I'm going to give a remedy for that. And it's happened in my life. Okay. Well, Harry Potter books next to your bed. No, no, no. Talk to (laughs) someone that makes you laugh. Yes. Oh, that's yes. Talk to, so, talk to yeah. someone that makes you laugh. Yes. It uncoils that spring so fast. Mm. Yes, and and that's a coping mechanism. Yeah. That's your coping mechanism. If you make me laugh at myself during that phase, I'm going to probably clout you. Yes. So so again, it doesn't work for me. It works for you. But um, some of the other symptoms, you're busy talking to someone. You see the path that their thought is or their conversation is going down. So you finish it in your head. Oh, fuck. And we don't wait for the person to finish the thought. I'm a counselor. I sit in council meetings. I know exactly what somebody on the opposition benches is trying to say. It's going to take them 20 minutes to say it. I know it. So I know what they've said. And then I do. Okay. And what happens? You've switched off. I've totally switched off. You switched off. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm there. (laughs) When you depend on others, to organize your life. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alice. Thanks, Elise. <laughs> Thanks, <Right>. Dante. <laughs> and and we're, we're not talking about a doctor who needs someone to do their scheduling because sure. you can't be in consults and do your scheduling. No. I'm talking about the fact that you cannot walk out the door without someone going, honey, here's your bag and don't forget to pick the kids up at three and, and don't forget and this. And then send that WhatsApp to remind you. And then sends the, the WhatsApp and then takes a picture of the grocery list on the fridge and sends that to you. Thanks. Put to Nunu. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you are unable, and I'm talking about as an adult. Yes. I'm not expecting my child to organize their own lives no. yet um yet yet okay being I've impulsive children they can they they, they do very often no. but it's not a, it's a habit yes it's not a skill yet well i mean i a friend of mine's child couldn't organize 
walking to the bathroom by himself. Right. <laughs> you, 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 know, you know, the mother has to do absolutely everything. Yeah, but that's a, that's a, a parenting flaw. No, I totally. It, and you know who uh, I'm talking about. Parents do the best they can with what they know. And that's why I'm mm. so passionate about getting this message out mm. there. Um, you know, the, the parents, kids don't come with a handbook. And if they did, we would have to have a different one for each child. Absolutely. That's why nobody's written the perfect that's that handbook. That's big one for life. <laughs> right. And, and when you get to plan B, that's a whole nother handbook. So, so there isn't a right way to do it. Yeah. But there is information we can give you to make it go smoother, and we can certainly give our children a better chance at success. Whether we're in the fourth industrial revolution, whether we're in the middle of COVID, or whether there is absolutely nothing happening and it's smooth sailing, these skills are still relevant. Yeah. Um, so, so coming back to those symptoms, and and this is something I'm seeing a lot with the patients Mark works with and refers to me, is is their inability. To do, do a task, initiate a task until it's absolutely necessary. And then it's mm. lastminute.com and then it's, it's a half-assed effort at what needs to finish. So, so this is something that then creates a crisis, mm. which brings me back full circle. So Chris, with those symptoms, do you check enough boxes? I check all of them. Okay. Again, sorry, Chris, I interjected. Which shows you. So here's, I check all of them. <laughs> so here's, here's my theory. Here's my thought for the day. Let's look at the possibility that you don't have ADHD. You didn't have an injury to the brain. No. It's not genetic. There are no toxins that account for it. So, so physiologically, your brain is intact. It's not ADHD from a from a medical point of view. Right. So what is it? It's a behavioral thing. It's totally behavioral. It's anxiety. Mm. It's anxiety. When you get anxious. So so let's let's do an extreme example of anxiety. I live on for example the 7th floor of a building. There is a fire in the building. I have two minutes. This fireman is saying to me, I'm hosing this room in two minutes. If you're not out of it, you're going to be blasted out the window. There's, there's flames coming out my bathroom. And someone says to me, Yvonne, what color car would you like to choose? <laughs> I don't care what color car I need to choose. I need to choose five things to grab in the next two minutes. So this is where our body is in a state of anxiety. I am prioritizing the things that are important. So that skill check. Got it. Yeah. For now. Yes. Because I'm in fight or flight, I'm not making rational decisions. So what do I do? I grab the picture album. Not my ID book, book and, and my passport. And driver's license, absolutely. So I'm not thinking rationally no. by any or standards. Or your phone charger. Correct. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of any of those. I would just get out. That's your priority. Self-preservation. Basic need. Basic human need. But if we look at the anxiety we've been under for so long, it's almost two years now, of mm. uncertainty, of... And let's be honest, it didn't just start with COVID. There no, was pressure it, before that, yeah, and there was yeah, uncertainty, yeah, financial absolutely. pressures. So it's not just two years. But the last two years has really made people sit up and go, what am I doing and how am I going to fix it? I, I actually want to go back and say this started with the financial crash of 2008. 100%. I was just going to say that's exactly when it When, when times got tough. Mm. But, but, and then we had... Uh, to uh, 2011 um, and you know I, I remember I was in New York with a big blackout of 2004 yeah. and I saw those people come out on the street and it was sheer it, very, I experienced panic is it happening again mm. because there yeah. was no form of communication okay, okay now now ask that person in New York who's just lost their lights and and it's an impossible thing to happen, but it's happened to them. Now ask them to have impulse control. Yeah. Now ask them about task initiation, emotional control. It's not going to happen unless we take a step back and we go, okay, the panic is real. 
the emotions are real. Possibly the chemicals from the panic is real mm. because, because we do. We need to account for the, the chemicals that On you that can't. reaction, you immediately have an adrenaline yes. right. um, and spike, some, and cortisol spike. And, and sometimes adrenaline fatigue because this is not a short-term thing. See, but Absolutely. You know what? And I think, Yvonne, thank you for touching on that. It's not something that I've thought about immediately. But that's where 90% of my patients are hitting is mm. adrenal fatigue. Why? Because we are all under more pressure and uncertainty than we've ever been. Cortisol levels definitely are 100%. rising. We're living, and we're living in that state, in that of, state constant of constant anxiety. fear. Yeah. And the way and that I explain Adrenal fatigue Where everything crashes The way that I explain it to parents who are Let's say you're making the decision Do I send my child to grade one Are they ready And this is a big decision And you have a lot of support in the education system At this point Probably the most you'll ever have Picture yourself Bobbing in a swimming pool yeah. Okay. We're managing. We're in grade R or we're in life and you're bobbing. Your head's above water. You've maybe got a flotation device, a little lilo you're lying on. When we're not coping, the water rises to where your mouth or your nose is. Okay. Not, not coping. Anxiety, mm. not coping. If we don't get a flotation device, we're paddling. You're paddling underwater. Okay, the water is still at your mouth or your nose, but you're barely keeping it alive. But you're getting tired. Yeah, the fatigue sets in, and if one more thing happens, the water goes over your mouth and your nose. Now I kick into fight or flight. Now it's survival. I'm not trying to float anymore. Now I'm going to drown. Self-preservation happens. The burning building. I'm either going to jump out the window or run down the staircase. You have to preserve yourself. But if we have coping mechanisms, if we use that neuroplasticity and we start building these skills one at a time, these are little flotation devices. And all I can picture is Tom Hanks, you know, on the island with his, with his basketball and, and Wilson. And every time you put a skill in place, you have one log. Right. And if we put them all in place, we have, have a boat. Okay. We have a boat. You know, a phenomenally beautiful analogy. So, so what is the answer to all of this? Let's acknowledge there is anxiety. It's not a disorder yet. You may be at that point because if this has been going on for years and you have other factors to consider. Sure. But if we're taking your mainstream average Joe who is now at a state of anxiety over a number of years and Nobody's giving him guidance on where these skills come from. How do they work? How do I put them into my life? Um, you're going to go under. I I had that this weekend. Uh, a friend of mine shot himself. I'm very sorry to hear um, that, Chris. It's it's, and he just simply didn't have those mechanisms to cope. Mm. And what mm. pushed him over the edge was a client phoning him and saying, "I need something urgently," and he just had no more reserves left. He mm. couldn't do it. Couldn't so paddle. He took he took the flight. That right. was that was his flight, and he and he went. And Chris, there are too many oh. people I see on a daily basis at that point. Yeah. And my 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 absolute overarching. I'm so grateful to have this platform. Please. Reach out, yes. get the help. You don't have to be completely under the water to to need the help. Get your your hormones balanced. I came to Mark for exactly that reason as a patient. So did I. Yeah. You know, I reached out and I said something's wrong, and I don't think that it's my my strategy. I'm underwater. Mm. Help me just get enough air so I can learn the skills. And um, Yvonne, thanks. Chris, thank you for, for that. But this is why I decided to um, devote a lot of time to mental wellness and mental well-being mm. because we are all battling. I'm one of them. Mm. We, we all um, are. <clears throat> balancing of hormones helps. Yes. Mm. Um, it helps. It's not a. It's, it's not part a cure, of the raft. It's part of the raft. It give. It helps us get the, to get motivation and cognitive functioning mm. to ask the other questions, yes. and maybe helps to get us to be able to take action. Yes. 
to build the raft or if seek you, help. And if you don't have enough left in you to build the raft, because again, you grab the photo album, maybe not your ID. If you don't have enough in you, you know, and this is something we discussed before the show. We have such a symbiotic relationship at the Opperman Clinic. You know, Mark deals mm. with the chemicals, the specialist clinic, and then and then you you have head above water. Let me, let Yvonne help you with the skills. I'm not going to fix your life. Yes, I am going to build those neural pathways. I'm going to give you skills. Am I going to throw you in the deep end and say build the raft? Yes. No. Oh. I'm going to help you. I'm going to put the pieces of wood in place. Oh, well done you. I thought, I, yes, you're No, That's not what <laughs> no. we do. I it's, want it's, you to succeed. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to help you. We our patients up for failure. We're okay. going to help you strategize on the best way to put those logs right. together. Right. We're going to give you the string to string it together. When the When it falls apart and the string breaks, we're going to help you figure out how to put that string back on again. We will walk the path with you from chemical through to success. But the first point is acknowledging you do need to get the help. Absolutely. That's always the first point. Mark, I gave you the two minutes. <laughs> so five minutes ago. So, <laughs> so that we can wind up. Okay. Yvonne, thank you. Um, we will be revisiting um, mental health uh, we have with to. you. We, we're doing a series on yes. this. We will be on real health in the, the next season, starting on the 30th of August. I'm actually shooting my first episode um, tomorrow. Good luck. Um, tomorrow, uh, next week, actually, we're talking testosterone and mental health and how balancing hormones and especially looking at testosterone, mm. we spoke about it today, can help you to just feel more human, feel more in control. It's all about balance. We've said this before. Yvonne, it was fascinating having you on the Thank show. You. Uh, next time, I think we need to get you with Dr. Mel. Um, I love that. Jacobs. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, and uh, Chris, good luck. We'll see you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We're not over the third wave yet. Get hold of us. Tea Clinic. It's very easy. Look at the website or 010-824-1393. Alice will field the calls. And abso- Absolutely. And just to answer answer your question, in retrospect, I don't think I have ADD. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 there's a few boxes that might have a half a tick in it, but I don't think I think I have it. So I, I, I'm glad to you. hear that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week, and uh, yeah, we'll see you, see next, you next week. week. Thank you, gents. Lovely. Ciao. Bye. This has been the Tea Health Show with Dr. Mark and Chris Haven Smith, sponsored by the Tea Clinic. For more information, contact admin at theteaclinic.com.